Hi, this is the Beach Boys. Al, Bruce, Carl, Mike, Brian, and Dennis. Welcome to the Good Vibrations Radio Show. I'm your host, David Beard. This is episode three. Today, we talk with book author and liner note writer, Jim Murphy. And if you're not familiar with Jim's name, you should be if you're a Beach Boys fan. Jim recently authored the book Becoming the Beach Boys, 1961 to 1963 on McFarland Books. And it's available now. And I also wrote the liner notes for the recently released Becoming the Beach Boys, a two-disc set called The Complete Height and Dorinda Morgan Sessions. And it's fantastic. It has it's a real great audio glimpse into the Beach Boys' earliest recordings, uh, and chief among them surfing, surfing safari, surfer girl. Um, and then the other songs you may not be as familiar with, like Luau, Lavender... Judy, Beach Boys, Stop, Barbie, and What is a Young Girl Made Of. Those may not be familiar titles to you if you're not familiar with those early demos, but it's certainly worth picking up, and it's available on Omnivore Records. But we're going to get into that. I'll tell you, the easy way to find both of these releases is really just to go to Amazon.com and type in Becoming the Beach Boys, and you should have both the book and the two-disc set pop up in your Amazon browser, and it'd be an easy couple of clicks and... Shortly after that, you would have them on their way to you in your mailbox. That would be the best thing to do. And hopefully, after listening to my discussion with Jim Murphy, you'll want to. So I wanted to start with Jim and ask him what made him decide to become a book author and write something about the Beach Boys. Here's what he had to say. Well, I've been a fan of the Beach Boys uh, since I was 10 years old, and, uh, and that was fall of 1966. And so I've been listening to them pretty much my entire adult life. Um, and I got into the Beach Boys through my older brother, Rich, who was about uh, six years older than me. So in the course of, uh, you know, becoming a Beach Boy fan and basically buying every single, every album. And, of course, by 1966, they had, uh, they had several albums and singles out already. So Rich and I would uh, save up our allowances. And, you know, albums back then were only about uh, 274 for a mono and... You know, maybe 324 later on for a stereo. So we'd buy the, uh, we, you know, we'd look at the back of the uh, the old Capitol albums, and they would always list the, you know, the band's previous releases, and we would kind of make this little mental checklist of what albums we had, what albums we didn't have, and uh, we'd go back and buy all the albums that we had missed uh, in the first four years that they were out, and then of course keep up with all the subsequent releases, uh, Smiley Smile and Wild Honey. So we've just been fans our whole lives, and it's been 50 years now. And, uh, of course, going along with the music, um, you know, we wanted to read everything about it, too. So I read every book, you know, that has been, ever been written about the Beach Boys. Pretty much every magazine article and all the major music uh, periodicals in America and also Great Britain. And documentaries, films, you know, you just I just love the band so much and all the various periods of music um, that I just always want to, you know, learn and know more about them. And one of the things I was always frustrated by, and uh, and this is no way disparaging to any author, because uh, once you write a book, you realize how difficult it is. And I have great respect for for everyone who has written a book, and and every book builds upon you know the previous books that that came before it. Um, everyone adds a little bit, you know, a few pieces to the puzzle, so to speak, uh, and then you learn from the previous books that uh, that have been written about any subject. Uh, but anyway, in reading all these books, you know, and some really, really great books, um, I came away sometimes with more questions than answers about the early days of the Beach Boys, how they met, how they actually formed the band, and, and, and specifically the chronology of when, they, when did these things happen? You know, when did 
you know, when did they first get the idea to write the song Surf, and when did Brian run into Al Jardine on the campus of El Camino Community College? When did they first go to Height Morgan's home or, or Height Morgan's uh, stereo master studio on Melrose Avenue? So there was all kinds of questions about the narrative, and I could never put together one complete, cohesive, common sense sort of narrative as to how they met, how they wrote the song, um, when they wrote it, when they first made a demo, when they went into the studio and made a more polished version of it, when it came out, and, and basically the origin story of the Beach Boys and then their early history. So I kind of decided back, uh, oh, it's probably been about nine years ago, I think it was, yeah, 2006, I just decided to maybe write an article and, you know, maybe get it placed in uh, a Goldmine magazine or Discoveries at the time, like a record-collecting magazine, about the er origin and early history of the Beach Boys. And I thought maybe it'd be a 10- or 12-page article that I would write, you know, basically an extended essay. And it just grew and grew from there. I started, you know, um, looking up people like me, you know, who can I find? And, of course, some of the principal players had already passed away. Uh, but there were a surprising number of people still related to the, to the story um, who, were, who were still very much with us. And I was able to find them and interview them. And I think I wound up interviewing about 75 or 80 people, uh, you know, and it just grew and grew from there. And then I had this huge amount of material that I realized, okay, I think there might be a book here, and it might be, a, you know, an important contribution to sort of our collective body of knowledge about the Beach Boys, and let me see if I can shape this into a book. So I did that, and then the next step is even harder than writing a book. It's finding a publisher, and uh, fortunately, McFarland uh, was a was very, very agreeable to a, a book about the early history of the Beach Boys, and they loved my proposal, and um, they agreed to publish the book, and, uh, you know, and I was very, very happy to, to get it done, and, um, and the most gratifying thing, I think, when you write a book like that, you know, on, on any subject, I imagine, for me, particularly the Beach Boys, um, you know, there's not a lot of money in writing books like that, uh, and, you know, um, I don't need to depend, fortunately, on, on my, my writing ability to make a living. Uh, but the gratifying thing is just to hear from other Beach Boy fans, people who love the band as much, if not more, than I do, uh, and say, you know, I really, I really enjoyed the book. I really liked reading it, and you, you dispelled some myths, and you corrected some things that are incorrect, and you began a conversation, so to speak, about the early history of the Beach Boys. And then perhaps, you know, somewhere in the down the road, um, maybe someone else will write another book about um, about the band or their early history and can build on my book. And, you know, and that's how history and, you know, information and knowledge just kind of keeps growing. So, so it's been a very good experience. It's been very, one of the, one of the proudest achievements of my life, actually, is, is writing that book. And, and what, what aspect of the Beach Boys story, <clears throat> when you were putting the book together, mm -hmm. su surprised you the most? just how professional um, they were right from the beginning. Um, you know, today is, uh, today is August 26th, it's Friday, and um, Omnivore Recordings is releasing the two-CD set called uh, Becoming the Beach Boys, the Height and Dorinda Morgan Sessions, the complete Height and Dorinda Morgan Sessions. Uh, so I had the honor and the privilege to write the liner notes that goes along with that CD package. In conjunction with that, I had sort of an advance um, listen to all the tapes. You know, I was able to listen to all the tapes and all the sessions as I wrote the liner notes. 
So that was quite enlightening, actually. A lot of these, um, some of the sessions, um, selected parts of the sessions have been released in 1991 on Lost and Found, uh, the DCC Compact Classic CD, which was just, you know, a fantastic piece of, uh, of work. Uh, and that was selected pieces. So the Omnivore package, and, uh, and he, his, his lyrical ability for his first freshman effort, you know, Surfing is his first song that he really writes the lyrics to. If you look, if you read the lyrics of Surfing, or certainly just listen to them as a song, they're really quite good. I mean, he tells this great story of, you know, a whole day spent at the beach, and he captures and encapsulates the, the whole surfing culture uh, in this really, really nifty set of lyrics, actually. So right out of the go, right from the gate, you know, um, Brian has got the vocal harmonies down, Mike is already with the lyrics, and he's very, very um, good ability, Mike, with singing a fast-paced lyric. I mean, that's, that's the case throughout all the early history of the Peach Boys. You know, he can, he can, and he makes very, very few mistakes. When you listen to the, to the tapes, you know, Mike is always right on the money. He's, 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 he can sing a fast-paced lyric and some tongue twisters and things like that and, and do a really, really good job at it. So you listen to the tapes, they, they conduct themselves so professionally. You almost forget that, um, you know, Mike is 20, Brian and Al are 19, and then Dennis and Carl are 17 and 15, respectively. Um, they were, they were, you know, four of them were, two, you know, still teenagers. Uh, so they, they conduct themselves extremely professionally in the, in, the, in the studio, and they they were already, it was so evident that they were already so talented. Um, mm -hmm. you, can, you can just listen and, and hear the, the seeds of the vocal harmony genius that Brian would later exhibit and the lyrical ability and the Chuck Berry, you know, rhythm guitars, and you could just see it all kind of begin to coalesce. Surfing is the only life, the only way for me now. Surf, surf with me. I got up this morning, turned on my radio. I was checking out the surfing scene to see if I would go. And when the DJ tells me that the surfing is fine, that's when I know my baby and I will have a good time. Go and surf off, dip to dip to dip, surf off, dip to dip, surf off, dip to dip to dip, surf off, dip to dip, surf off, dip to dip to dip, surf off, dip to dip, surf off, dip to dip to dip, surf off, dip to dip. Surfing is the only life, the only way for me now. Surf, surf. From the early morning to the middle of the night Anytime a surf is up, the time is right And when the surf is down to take its place We'll do the surfer stomp, it's the latest dance craze Surfing is the only life, the only way for me now. Surf, surf with me. Bob, dip, 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 bob, dip, dip. Now the dawn is breaking and we really gotta go. But we'll be back here very soon, that you better know. Yeah, my surfing knots are rising and my board is losing wax. But that won't stop me, baby, cause you know I'm coming back. Go and surf Surfing, off the trip, trip, off, 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 off the trip,
surfing ball, dip 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 surfing ball, dip dip Surfing is the only life, the only way for me now. Come on, pretty baby, and surf with me, yeah. Ball, dip 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 ball, dip 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 ball, dip 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 ball, dip 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 Hi, this is Mike Love of the Beach Boys, and you're listening to Good Vibrations, a Beach Boys podcast. Of the of the material that Beach Boy fans may not be as familiar with, that's on this new collection, uh, songs like Luau, Lavender, uh, Judy, uh, Beach Boy, Stomp, Barbie, and What Is a Young Girl Made Of. Which of those songs, as a fan yourself, was the uh, did you find that you enjoyed the most? Um, yeah, that's a that's an interesting question, actually, um, and it's very hard to pick one because they all. They all kind of represent something different. You know, Surfing I love because when you listen to the demo, you know, Surfing and the way Brad Rosenberg has sequenced um, the songs for this collection, I thought was really, really good. It was really a great idea. Um, rather than just do chronologically as the sessions, you know, progress, say, from September of 61 through uh, um, March of 62, um, he took each song. And so you can hear Surfing kind of evolve from its earliest demo uh, to the master take that gets released on Kanjix Records uh, in November of '61. Um, so you can hear. So Surfin represents to me this this evolution of the group. You can hear them. You can hear them getting better as a band. You can hear them making mistakes and and polishing it. And the, the music gets better. Carl Carl Wilson's uh, guitar playing gets a little bit more um, a little bit more complicated. He's throwing in some single lead notes as, as well as rhythm guitar. Um, the lyrics start to change and evolve. So you can kind of literally see them become the Beach Boys as, as Surfing progresses from demo to master. But then with Lavender, you know, which, um, you know, Lavender was first released on the Lost and Found um, uh, uh, CD back in 1991. And that was a revel- uh, revelation back then. And even now on, on the Omnivore two-CD package, there's additional takes of Lavender. There's, there's some that have uh, Al Jardine playing a stand-up bass and Carl playing uh, uh, probably an acoustic guitar. Um, so it's not just an a cappella song anymore. So there's a couple, a little more insight into Lavender. And, of course, Lavender was um, written by Dorinda Morgan. Uh, it was copyrighted March 21st, 1955. And it was recorded by the Calvanes in summer of 1958, and it remained unreleased. Uh, the Morgans had recorded about six songs with uh, this R&B group, the Calvanes, and they released two singles. So that was four songs that came out, and then two were, two remained in the can, and one of those was Lavender. So Dorinda had this song, Lavender. She had it for, you know, when the Beach Boys were recording Lavender, she had it already probably for about three, three and a half years. And more than likely believe that, you know, this is a song that, you know, the young Brian Wilson with his beautiful voice could do could do justice to. So when you hear the Beach Boys sing Lavender and and Brian mastering the choral vocal harmony of that, you know, it's just it's just beautiful. I mean, you just sit back and think, again, how young they are, how early this is in their career. And then in light of what's to come, you know, in, in, in a very, very short period of time, you know, this is fall of 61, uh, you know, in fall of 66, um, he's working on, you know, he's working on Good Vibrations and, and Smile. So a very, very short time, you know, Brian has this explosion of talent and ability. So Lavender kind of is a little peek at the vocal harmony that Brian, you know, is about to kind of uh, explode with. And then the other song that kind of, jumps out of at me in the collection is uh, is surfer girl and primarily because i love the song but i but i love the version that we all know and love that comes out you know uh in in summer of 63 
So it's a good 16 months later after this. And one of the things that's really kind of, I think, interesting to pay attention to is, you know, Brian has always said that Surfer Girl is the first song he wrote. Um, that somewhat controversial sometimes because, you know, it's, well, what does that mean? You know, did he write it before surfing and just had it, you know, in the, in the top drawer somewhere? Or is it the first song he wrote totally by himself, words and lyrics? <clears throat> you know, and some of his high school pals take exception to that because he was writing some songs, you know, back in high school, at Hawthorne High School in the, in, in the late 50s. So some of it is driven by, you know, well, what, does, what defines a song? And, you know, is he, is he writing it by himself or you know, versus writing songs with his cousin Mike. Uh, but anyway, Brian certainly has a special place in his heart for Surfer Girl. Um, in one early interview, uh, he, he acknowledged that he wrote it for Judy Bowles. Uh, when I interviewed Judy Bowles for my book, um, she was under that belief as well, too. You know, they dated for about two and a half years. Uh, they were engaged to be married. And, you know, Judy has always believed and that, that Brian had told her Surfer Girl was written for her. Judy also surfed all the time. She had her own surfboard. She loved to surf. She was at the beach all the time. So when you listen to the lyrics to Surfer Girl, uh, it's very, very easy to see how Brian would be thinking about uh, about Judy. Uh, so Surfer Girl has this, you know, this beautiful quality. It's it's a it's a you know most one of the most beloved songs in the Beach Boys catalog, and it's special to Brian because it's <clears throat> one of his first songs that he writes. It's a beautiful ballad. It's written about this young girl, young woman that he loved and was engaged to be married at the time, or would soon be uh, engaged to be married, uh, and he protects the song. He, you know, he has this rough demo with the Morgans. He's not happy with it, probably, but it doesn't come out you know, on the Surf and Safari album in, uh, in fall of 62. It doesn't come out on the Surf and USA album in March of 63. It comes out on its own album, um, you know, further into uh, 1963. So it's a good 16 months after he records the first demo is that he goes back into Western recorders and he records Surfer Girl the way he wants it to hear, you know, he, the way he wants, the way he hears it in his head and the way he wants it to be. So I like that story. I like the story of the fact that here's this, um, you know, emerging artist um, protecting one of his first tender sort of fragile compositions about a girl that he loves uh, in his first serious romantic relationship and holding it back when the Beach Boys, you know, certainly could have used a hit uh, like After Surf and Safari. They go with Ten Little Indians, which peaks at number 49, respectable placement in Billboard, but disappointing to Surf and Safari, which had peaked at uh, 14. And after Ten Little Indians, that kind of sent the band a little bit into a tailspin because it's like, well, wait a second. You know, Ten Little Indians is an unusual song, especially since Capitol paired it with a surfing-related picture sleeve. Um, so, you know, the band could have used a song like Surfer Girl, but Brian holds it back. He holds it back for a long time. And, you know, because it is such an important song to him, it's so close to his heart. So to hear the early versions of Surfer Girl and to hear it, you know, in such a stripped-down fashion is just fascinating. It's just to peek into this beautiful song, uh, in its earliest, um, you know, earliest uh, incantation, so to speak.
Thanks, Al. And thanks to my special guest today, Jim Murphy, book author of Becoming the Beach Boys, 1961 to 1963 on McFarland Books, and liner note writer for Becoming the Beach Boys, the complete Height and Dorinda Morgan sessions available now from Omnivore Records. It's a two-disc set. And you can order both very easily. Just go to Amazon.com and type in Becoming the Beach Boys. You'll see the book cover and the two-disc set CD cover. Don't miss out on this. Really great information and audio sounds to listen to on the Beach Boys' formative years and get an idea, a better understanding, surely, of how it all started because they certainly became an incredible group. In the meantime, be sure and subscribe to Endless Summer Quarterly. Why, you say? Simple. First of all, the easy way to kind of give you more of an idea of what we're all about, you should just go to esquarterly.com right now, click on the subscribe to the magazine signpost at the very top of the palm tree on your left, right behind the jukebox. If that sounds complicated, I promise it's not. Just click on the subscribe to the magazine button right there. It'll take you right to our subscription page with all the information. It'll show you the latest cover, which features the guys' interviews with Brian, Mike, Al, and Bruce about good vibrations and the pet sounds album and with that you also see down at the bottom of the page two brand new free downloadable programs from 2016 first the beach boys 50 years of good vibrations it comes complete with full color pictures of all the band members and in the back hyperlinks to all the upcoming tour dates and right next to that a free downloadable program from brian wilson's 50 years of pet sounds So you just go to the back of that if he's got an upcoming date and he's coming to your area. Just click on the hyperlink. It'll take you right to ticket sales. Both of these programs are free and they include full color pictures of all the group members. So enjoy. That's free from Endless Summer Quarterly to you. And again, as I said, the subscription rates are right there. Head over to Facebook, type in Endless Summer Quarterly, like us if you haven't already, and be sure and check out the free giveaways we're doing. It might make your head spin. Items autographed by the Beach Boys, Brian Wilson, Mike Love, Al Jardine, and Bruce Johnston. It all happens just by subscribing to the magazine. That's how you become eligible, and the rest is... By the fate of luck, I suppose. We use a red website called random.org. We type in the total number of subscribers, and we just click on a button. It brings up a number. We match that number to a name. And if it's your name, you'll win. So far, we've given away our grand prize to Jimmy Rogers and Tom Gary. And uh, more winners are on the way. 
So be sure and subscribe today. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Take care.